Welcome, everybody, to the Best Practice Network Talking Leadership podcast series. Great to come back on something which is a, a topic that's been around in our discussions for a number of months now, and I think is one of the key things we're looking forward as we now move into 2022. So we are looking at positive mindset, and especially around the role of leadership. We've got a fantastic panel here today. I'm really looking forward to this uh, discussion. And Eric, welcome back, mate. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, mate, me too. Thanks for having me. David Stannard, welcome to this podcast. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for the invitation. Much appreciated. Looking forward to it as well. Great. And Mandy. Mandy, who's uh, co-lives on the Sunshine Coast with me. So hello, Mandy. Hi, thank you. Great to be along today. Okay. And and Ricky, who's uh, based in New Zealand and has got a few things going on this morning. So welcome back, Ricky. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. And uh, hi to everybody across the Tasman. So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about this positive mindset and, and the role of leadership. So as I get everyone to hand over first, I'll ask them to quickly do a very brief intro of them in their background. And I think you'll see how relevant this is. And then they start to share their thoughts. We will then open up to what I'm sure it's going to be a pretty interactive discussion as well. So let's get into it. So positive mindset, and especially around, as you know, this series talks about that in the terms of leadership. Really keen to understand from each of our contributors today on their own journey and how that's impacted them. But also as we now start to look forward, how important is this? And um, some tips, tricks, and techniques that we can help as a leader, but then as a leader, then communicates and supports our teams as well. So Ricky, hand over to you first. Great story that you have and particularly looking forward to your thoughts on positive mindset. Over to you, Ricky. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. And again, um, hi to Hi to everybody across there. Hope you're all uh, well and safe. So, um, yeah, look, look, really appreciate the opportunity. I guess um, just to touch a little bit on my background, it's in sport and football. I played for my national team for just under 10 years and then fortunately um, had an opportunity to to coach the national team to go through to a, um, a very successful World Cup campaign in 2010 in South Africa. So my life's been around football, it's still in football and uh, will continue to be in football. And I guess it's been a real privilege to be able to link some of those uh, challenges, um, certainly some of those journeys alongside what it can look like in business. And I guess t- touching on that, um, the, the topic for today, and I guess sort of breathing out that sort of leadership direction around positive mindset. I guess, you know, if I take back, I've, I've, if, I'm, if I'm looking down, I've jotted, I've jotted a few notes that have kind of, you know, taken me along some some really interesting pathways. But if I can reflect back to the, the 2010 World Cup campaign and, you know, pr- prior to that, you know, four years before that, the game was in a very, I guess, if we use you know, a negative framework, not a lot to look forward to, a lot of uncertainty, etc etc so get getting the chance to come on board and I guess you know link linking it to that sort of positive mindset I guess I looked around from a, a leadership position from being the coach to what that framework kind of needed to look like around me what types of personnel and culture did I need to bring to that environment to kind of breathe some life and, and, and some energy that would project through to something being quite tangible and, and providing a, a fantastic outcome, you know, four, le- four years later, um, with that outcome being going back to a World Cup, which New Zealand hadn't been to in, in 28 years. So I guess I put some framework around it. And I, I guess I reached out to people who I thought would be connected and sort of touch around that framework and would add that sort of energy and stimulation and and sort of positive sort of vibe leading into it. I guess we framed it at the top to have, and I shared this with Kevin in in another business discussion, that our outcome wasn't actually to solely go to the World Cup. That wasn't our that wasn't our final sort of outcome. We kind of nestled on and 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 kind of rested and landed on an outcome being changing the image of football and changing society across our sport in the whole of our country. So that kind of needed to have the context of being incredibly positive. And how did we work through that process, knowing that the journey would bring difficult, disappointing times and how would we frame that, work through that, leading to the ultimate goal of let's go back to another World Cup and let's change people's mindset in New Zealand that football was a real tangible and exciting product to follow. So I guess framing staff 
if we can use that, or people that were going to have a connection into the environment. So framing something right at the top end to say, let's go to a World Cup and let's get on this journey. And what does that journey need to look like over a four-year period? And I, and I think as I'm talking, you might want to put the old uh, hand up or something and, 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 and ask because the journey had some, some amazing things, which unfortunately are probably not going to get out in, in 10 or 15 minutes, but I'm happy to share post this if, if that's appropriate. So I think you fall into the category. So what did we inherit? So I think, you know, we could, we could look at the landscape where we were currently coming into and go really negative, been knocked out of a World Cup campaign the year before, losing to, to island countries, the game very despondent. So coming in, it was, it was important that we understood the past, but we managed to drive the future forward. And how were we going to deal with that? How were we going to deal with the losses that we were going to incur because we were going to put teams against the best teams in the world? And that was going to have a challenge in itself. How, how would we frame the management to keep on aspiring to looking forward to we're actually going to go to a World Cup and change a nation by going back the first time again in 28 years? So the pillars of actually providing that, and I think just some of the some of the notes that I've, I've put down is we had a real self-evaluation and reflection across all the staff on pretty much a daily to weekly basis. So, you know, we'd evaluate our own personal positions to say, where do we sit from? We've had a really positive day. We haven't had quite a good day. How do we reflect on that? What does our week look like? How does that keep on linking back to our long-term objective? And I think that was the critical part for me was that we always stayed connected to the outcome. And that was that was always going to be paramount, no matter what adversity we went through. Sorry, Kev, I see your hand come up. No, that, that's great. I just wanted to pick on a point here, Reggie, because I can see some heads nodding. So, we, you know, you're talking about a World Cup 28 years ago, you know, losing to to island nations it's it, it's obviously from when we think about what's happened with a lot of businesses around the last couple of years you know what was deemed quite successful businesses lost almost everything within two or three weeks and we are aware of some of our members um, across the network who literally were closing doors within two weeks having to handle that having then to come through that process of coming out stronger so there was a lot of that that feelings and that reflections that you covered there from a country perspective that I think you know has been a real challenge for businesses and the message I'm hearing I just want to pick up on this is something that you said is people are really getting this connectedness now as a, as a message from a leadership point of view you know yes we'll have our systems and our KPIs and our goals and everything else but people really want to feel more connected with their teams as as we go forward and I think it's a great point that I think you want to give us in the next couple of minutes about how you did that so you know I think it's quite interesting why you know this group is really fantastic when we hear from Mandy and David is whether it's, it's sport it's business it's it's winery or everything else it's you know this these challenges are there and the last point I want to just pick up on is we're not going to get it right every time now going forward. So it's our ability to handle that as well from that positive mindset at a leadership team and individual level and how you coach that, I think, is going to be the real upside as we move forward. So some great points you've picked out there, Ricky, which are very relevant to why we're having this discussion today. Just, just wanted to share that, Ricky. Look, 100% right. I think, you know, when, you know, the identification of, of personnel for me was really critical. And I think, and you're spot on that, did we actually go through a four-year tenure of every single day, it was lovely in the garden and everything was really rosy and we had no issues. Um, I can guarantee that we had some very, very challenging moments on quite regular basis at times. It's being able to, uh, and as you say, to have that level of connection. And I think, you know, if I reflect back, even if I go back into my playing career, there was there probably wasn't a level of connection. It was kind of hierarchical. It would come down. It probably didn't get dispersed. People either integrated and went on the journey or they broke and things became very non-fluid as they moved forward. I, I guess from our perspective and whether it was connected to what a lot of businesses are, are experiencing at the moment and going through this 
you know, unbelievable uncertainty or, or you know, a crash in, in, in what they may have done um, through their businesses is having this mutual, open, transparent communication and understanding the mood swing or the mood framework of what's happening within your business. So for us, we would meet regularly. Example, we go and play Brazil and we lose 4-0. The result in context was one thing, but the outcome didn't change for us. That four years is where we wanted to be and go to a World Cup. So whilst we were open and transparent on the current situation, and, and for me, it was in sport and it may have been around a result, we found incredible positives around that. And I think we were we were always looking to be open and honest about the difficulties, but there was always a platform to accelerate to that gave us the chance to finish and leave a context of a meeting or a training session or a communication with one player or a group of players or that flowed into what was good coming out of that and where our next direction and our next step where our next step was and i think probably what's getting framed around the around the world now is people people are looking for like-minded positive thinking people and i think it's it's not leaving behind a whole range of 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 people but but it may leave behind some people that you know i like to wake up in the morning and i like to be fresh energetic and, and know what my outcomes are going to be for the day, even if I've had something that's been incredibly challenging the day before. So, you know, I'm not sure previously that that communication, that support, that link across a range of people was so prevalent. But I kind of think now, and I guess I was very fortunate to go through that, that we managed to secure good management and good players that understood this is going to be a tough day, but these are the positive aspects that we're getting from it. The one question I've got here just before, and I'll get then um, Mandy to share a couple of things, is you, you've obviously got that structure, but what did you have in place? Because I'm, I'm hearing you as that leader built that in with the teams, but what was your, because, you know, you've been managing the, yeah, losing 4-0 to Brazil or whatever and managing others, okay? What was, what was your structure around you still remaining positive? Did you have another team to go and talk to another person or did you use your own team? to do that yeah great great point Kevin and I think um yeah thanks sorry I've just connected on some some of the questions that have come up and and um from Mandy and and, and certainly from Merrick I'll, I'll get to the culture but in the yeah. touch but yeah look I think one thing that I brought to the environment was I'd been an ex-player played 10 years for my country I'd been given this absolute privilege opportunity to kind of step up as, as the national team coach so I was always going to bring some some very fresh enthusiasm but with it were the challenges going to go away um, I could have diminished the challenges by lowering the bar of expectation of my players and staff, but I didn't sense that as being the optimum sort of outcome of what I wanted to achieve. I wanted to keep the bar high because then I would know I had the right people coming on the right journey with me. So the Brazil one is a great case. We were the only team to play them in their whole of their World Cup campaign before 2006. And it was, you know, it was a night, it was a daunting night of playing the best players in the world. But we dipped in. We got a country that, you know, we become the first New Zealand team to win on European soil ever in the history of the game. So we managed to be able to dip in where, you know, results became important and we were able to achieve, but we also dipped into areas that were going to be absolutely challenging. But those those environments um, were going to be what we were going to embrace if we were good enough to go to a World Cup. So we wanted to see... Who could ride that sort of storm? Who could come out at the, come out at the end of it with you know incredible strength? And I guess touching there on on, on Eric's comment around culture, the the culture was incredibly important. And how did we foster that? We fostered that through a range of people, you know, through the players, through their connections, through their thoughts, through the management. And and as our program moved forward, sorry, I'm jumping a little bit here, but I'll just get to it. As our program moved forward and we were successful and we went to a World Cup, I brought on a gentleman who was 20 years older than me, who had had amazing connections into world football, into World Cup competitions. So we never stopped the growing and the learning of anybody within our management and we never stopped the growing and learning and challenging of the players that we had in our environment. And at the end of the day, I guess the branches 
woods and the trees were kind of shook enough to say that we probably needed to add a little bit more fabric around the management and we probably dropped off a couple of players, but we brought on the right group that were good enough, resilient enough to step onto a world stage and deal with what was going to be absolutely challenging moments but we had experienced those and we could bring the positive side from that to the table. No, that's fantastic, Ricky. And I just want to share if there's anything with Mandy or David, just because um, we are very conscious that the Ricky is uh, is very busy in New Zealand. So um, really keen to have his insights at the start. So Mandy, anything just reflecting with you there in terms of what Ricky has just mentioned? Um, I think you mentioned some really key points about reflection and collaboration. And, you know, when you look at leadership going forward, instead of the old model of, you know, leading by fear, it has to come down to a much more collaborative mindset and engaging other people, listening to them. And that all takes a leader who can be trusted and also somebody that is going to have great listening skills to hear what the other people want and what they say. And then you have to take all of that, as you said, and reflect because reflection, which people don't always do, is one of the keys for moving forward and identifying patterns and errors and and looking at incremental improvements. Hmm. So it sounds a fascinating um, journey that you're having over there. Yeah, and and I think spot on, Mandy. And I think for me, and and, and I guess I'm going on a little bit of a different journey now, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a project with FIFA which is the world sort of governing body, and, and and we're doing a leadership project, so it's probably quite timely. But a lot of a lot of the reflection coming out of there too is terminology and wording. So if I'm a leader, if I'm a leader and I'm telling you in no uncertain term the direction we're going to go, then I possibly won't have the same outcome or the same productivity that our organization, whatever that may be, could have. If I recommend, then I may be seen as a leader that has strength, organization, and direction, and I may seek far better buy-in from people who are around my management group. So 100% right, I think. Personally, I think leaders create this vision and have these wonderful and exciting ideas. And the journey is very transparent and it's visible and it's tangible. And I think the best leaders now are kind of encompassing people, uh, as you say, quite rightly say, to share that journey and to add the fabric around it that makes it just sensational. And people come with you. And I think that's what we tried to do in 2010 was to create this vision of let's change a nation in New Zealand. By going to the World Cup, that was only part of it. We wanted to change a nation. We wanted the person in the street to go, wow, this team has done something that is unbelievably special. Now, that was going to take a whole lot of people to do it, not one football coach. And we managed to to create that journey. And that's you know, that's 23-odd players. It's probably 35-odd players that started off on the journey at the start. Um, the retention of the staff was pretty high. So, um, you know, we, we were quite lucky in that case that they were very passionate and very open to, to kind of how that journey was was going to end up. But, um, yeah, no, no, you're spot on. I think it, it's, it's different now. I think before when it was, you know, a dictatorship, and I think we probably all grew up through that era, that um, the results are probably not so fluid now if we take that approach. No, I think you're right there. So I think uh, I could see David starting to smile there when you start talking about vision and transparency and journey. I could see his face just lightening up for those of you who are just listening to the podcast. There's a big smile across David's face. So, so Ricky, I appreciate your time. If you can stay on, please do so. If not, we'll uh, we'll obviously share that with you and I'll, and I'll catch up with you as well. But a fantastic journey and some always some great insights, which is going to lead to some great conversation. So thank you, Ricky. For, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no, pleasure, Kevin. And I'll have to, unfortunately, I do have to go. I'm traveling over to Tauranga. But I have connected, I have connected with um, David and Mandy on on, um, LinkedIn as well. So please look, if you need, if you need a conversation, or you'd like to have a chat again, or whatever, look, I'm absolutely here to help in whatever capacity that may look like. So um, appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Ricky. And I'm sure Eric will might be coming to talk to you about a podcast as well on leadership. So thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. Take care.
Thank you. All right, so David and Mandy, I think you've already picked up from there. So David, just just quickly from what Ricky was saying, anything stand out for you? Yeah, look, uh, it, it highlights to me that leadership is is not just one factor. Leadership is not just about, you know, uh, you know I'll use my words if you like, uh, it's not just about having a, a vision and going for it. It's a whole series of, of skills and competencies that go into um making great leadership and um yeah i thought ricky did a great job and gave us a complete half books worth there so uh, eric i'm glad you've got uh, that all collected on the podcast because there's there's some absolute uh, gold in in everything that he uh, shared there so it was 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 excellent at every level and clearly um passed the test and the test is as a leader is anyone following and um clearly through what he did through setting the the vision up, through developing the mission of what they were all about, um, clearly created a magic amount of passion in that space as well, and um, yeah, probably exceeded the goals they were were looking to achieve, and that in itself is is a great outcome. So, full marks on on pretty much all counts, I reckon. Yep, no, fantastic. Thank you, David. So, Mandy, let's just um, bring you into the conversation here just a little bit of a background because I know you've a very interesting pathway to where you've got (laughs) to today and it helps us set the scene as well and then we do David and then we just start to bounce a few things around so over to you Mandy. Cool thanks well I'm originally from England as you'll probably gather by my accent spent many years traveling the world didn't want to live in England and then when I came to Australia I eventually settled and I got into ultra distance triathlons Um, I represented Australia um, several times in long distance triathlons and found myself at the Hawaiian Ironman one day which was one of the toughest things I've done so I thought I had the ingredients of what you need for a winning mindset but my major lesson was a few months after Hawaii and I lived the consequences of what is one of our major powers in life, and that is the secret words that we whisper to ourselves behind the facade of a positive mindset. So all of that led me on a journey to heal myself because I had to give up my sport, which was totally devastating. And along the way, I stumbled. I spent thousands of dollars and lots of personal development courses. The first thing that I got a light bulb moment was when I did a short neuro-linguistic programming course, which is all about how we think and excellence. Then my studies took me many, many more. And 14 years ago, I gave up a great job to set up my business mindset for success. So it's my passion and expertise. And now I work with some athletes, a lot of high performing business owners, because what we've seen recently over the last two years is that even though people have what you call that positive mindset, they're getting burnt out. And who do the leaders turn to when everything's going wrong and they can't talk to their staff or they don't want to take the stuff home? And furthermore, I think every leader that I've ever worked with, because we're human, has a little bit of insecurity and doubt. And from my perspective, I unpack what is behind a positive mindset, because if you have a dissonance or whispers and doubts and fears, the energy is going to pull you off course. And most problems, business problems can be sorted out by working on your mindset first. So I have a whole um, structure that I work with, but the power of our words is absolutely massive. I won't go into my story, but that's what got me through a really tough time on the day of Hawaii. It's the only thing that got me there. So in my work now, when I work with leaders, it's actually, you know, one of the key traits that leaders need this year is trust. Now, you can't just teach a leader trust. I don't believe trust comes from inside of you. And 93% of your impact is how you show up. And how you show up is a combination of your energy, what you're thinking, how you're feeling, and what you say you'll do. And if you don't have all of those aligned, you are not going to come across as authentic um, and trusting. And that is such a key ingredient for leaders today. And unless they're going to work on themselves and develop themselves and be open to feedback and take the time for reflection, then it's really hard for them, I believe, to be the leader that we all need 
And my other key thing that I think every leader has, and this is one of my favorite topics, is you have to have a curious mindset. You know, you can have positivity, which I call grit. And grit is that thing inside that you can't quite define, but it's a combination of mental, emotional, and physical strength that you fall back on, which is experience and training. And one of the keys to developing that is to be really curious. The energy of a curious mindset means it's like a sense of wonder. It's a high energy and it's solution and possibility mindset. And it's about asking ourselves better questions. So I'm really big on questioning my clients and helping them set themselves up with a set of questions so that they can be the very best person that they can be. And then finally, my two lenses that I believe all high-performing leaders need this year. I've got a whole formula, but the two things as well as curiosity, my two lenses are be better and be kinder. And to unpack the be kinder, I would say the biggest problem I come across with, and I had a gold medal in this one, is people being hard on themselves and speaking unkindly and not thinking they've done enough or they've got to keep pushing. Then the energy of that gets you, brings you down. So kindness starts with kindness to ourselves first and then others. And my be better is not compare yourself to others and be better than them. It's all about how can I be a better human tomorrow? How can I incrementally improve? And I'm sure for any other athletes, you would have heard about Team Sky. I'll leave that for another day. Um, under the, the leadership of David um, Brailsford, who took Team Sky, the UK cycling team, to win the Tour de France, he termed that phrase, you know, aggregate of marginal gains. He looked at everything and it's like, how can we be 1% better in everything? And I think when leaders take that into their own lives and their work or whoever they're leading and the kind of lens with curiosity and if somebody says we're an epidemic of not good enough, that, that's the number one thing I, I teach people in many ways that we have to champion ourselves and believe we're good enough without going down that path. But I don't work with people who are narcissistic or psychopathic. Having that balance of believing in ourselves. So belief is also a critical skill that I work a lot. Um, just finally, I work with, I, I do mindset coaching with a company who's training fireys to get in the fire brigade. And that's one of the toughest things to get into. And on our coaching calls, the biggest challenge I've picked up just like that is that they don't have a total belief in their abilities. And if we don't nail that belief, they're not going to, um, they won't make it. So I'm working with them to build their inner belief while they learn all these aptitude tests and how to do algebra and all those other things. So yeah, our belief is, is really important as well. Yeah. Thanks, Mandy. Wow, there's a whole bunch of points there, Eric, that I'm going to come back to you in a minute. But also, I think really picks up on the comments by Ricky. And, and I know feeds into to David Stannard, who's, who's joined us today for the vision guy that a lot of our best practice network members and colleagues and contacts will have come across, listened to, been in workshops with, because I know this really fits in and fits in with what you've been talking about, David, and where your passion is well, the, the power of the words, but also the power of the picture, the power of the image. So, so David, just, just bring us quickly up to speed on where you are, what you're in, and how does this then all fit in with this positive mindset for leaders? Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, look, um, I'll try and keep it brief. There's, there's a complete speech in there and a, and a 45 minute presentation as well. Look, look as a background, I'm, uh, I'm a chemical engineer. I've had um, and, and completed now, I guess, more than 40 years of experience in the international oil and gas and petrochemical field. Um, I've worked in a number of companies around the world and with a lot of people from a lot of uh, different cultures and, uh, and organizations. At a certain point in that career, and I'll just step into there on the, the progress, there was certainly a hole in my life that, that started when I moved to Australia as, uh, as an expatriate. And that was an important part of, of my journey. And it's interesting listening to, to Mandy having her sort of moment that said you had to really apply some thought at a particular point in time in one's life or career. And you either are motivated by that 
Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a stimulus, but do you have a response to that thought? Clearly Mandy did. And it's also, you know, I see a bit of that with Ricky as well. And I don't know whether that's something it made me think, is that something that happens with, with people who are exceptional level sports people? Because I've worked in around at a good level of sport as well. And I've noticed a lot of people for whom their sports career has been their life and everything else afterwards is always reflected back to, you know, when we were playing against, you know, Germany in the final or something like that. And you go, mm, yeah. And um, I just wonder, out of all of that, I was was lucky enough, I guess, or fortunate in life to make a decision to, to take a small little piece of property, which is what you see over my, my left shoulder there, if this was a visual podcast. And that little piece of property is in Southwest France that I managed to, to purchase ooh, way back in, in 92. And I don't know why it is, but that place also changed my, my mind and was part of the disruption hole that I fell into, um, probably in my engineering career. What it caused me effectively to do was to do a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of self-reflection. And again, Mandy's picked up on that, that power or that desire, that need almost for leaders to be self-reflectors. I don't think managers do too much of that. It's just, here is my way. Let's do it. Do it efficiently. We'll worry about effectiveness later when we've got the efficiency bit out of the way. And uh, that, that self-reflection has been powerful for me. And one of the phrases I always use if I'm talking to, to somebody in coaching is, um, have you had a look in the mirror recently? Because the person that's stopping you is usually the one in front of you in the glass. So that little place behind over time started to change. It is as beautiful as you can see, uh, or the listeners can't see in the, in, the, in the picture behind me on the screen, but that, that was what, what kind of changed my life because it provided some inspiration and I needed to work out. But again, I worked it out exactly, of course, when a moment in time arrived and somebody said, well, we're going to just put a bulldozer through all this and build a whole pile of houses and go, uh, wait a minute, that's my little home away from home in the middle of nowhere we're going to do something about that to to fix it so um you know without putting it in too much french go away so you know that was what inspired the formation of, of paradise rescued very fortunately in that process and together with some of the work i was doing as you know as a, as a manufacturing general manager running a chemical plant was to work with a lady called sue gregory and we'd spend a lot of time talking and working together and say, well, what do you want, you know, your, your health, safety, environmental outcomes and strategies to look like? And we'd sit around dinner tables all over Australia, drawing pictures on the tablecloth. Yeah, we'd just take out a pen and normally they cover them with paper when they're, when they're in cloth that you, you get thrown out of the restaurant, but you'd, you'd sit there and draw pictures. And that led us to it, this whole thing coming about. So with Paradise Rescued and with the facility I was running at that time, we started to put some pictures together of what that looked like. And in the petrochemical terms, eventually that opportunity came out to put that formally into a picture. And the whole session of the succession of those took that facility forward to where it has found itself today. I'm no longer part of that. And I certainly hope they've maintained or do maintain that technology that we were updating as I uh, left. But I can see also from the Paradise Rescue perspective, yeah, we have that on a piece of paper and I'm redrawing right now for the next 10 years as to what we want that little little business to do. And it also started with a very important ingredient, which was a mission. Why was it there? And my observation about, uh, if you like, what I've seen happen in the world in the last couple of years is this COVID thing has stolen our mojo. It has posed the question to everybody as to whether you had your plan right, whether you think your direction is right. And we've all gone, maybe not, because you can't see the future with the perspective of yesterday. So you need a new model to get it going again. And everything you tried to do yesterday kind of doesn't quite work anymore. You know, it's all different and you, everybody's asking you questions and doubt. Is the business going to be there tomorrow? Is your family going to be there? What, what's, what's happening? Well, you know, and that's, that is the case for leadership, which is to set an optimistic mindset and picture for the future. And in such a way with their words, with their presentation, with their visual communication of where that future is. And always the question for me in, in wrapping my little bit up is that, uh, you know, we talk about a positive mindset and leadership. In everything that I've always read around leadership, the two words positivity and leadership are connected. I've never read anything, nor do I believe it exists, that if you take as a leadership position and you say, oh, it's all going to fall apart, that's not leadership. And that's where the world is struggling at the moment is because we, the people we think are leaders or we vote in as leaders, don't know they're really leaders, but anyway, they are not coming with that positive mindset. They have 
lost that picture of the future and inevitably they'll lose their votes with it. Interesting, David. We nearly got political there. I think that's uh, we could we could go on talking around there. But I think there's some now I'm really looking forward to the next 20 minutes, just opening up this discussion around some key points. So thank you, Mandy. And thank you, David, and obviously Ricky beforehand. But Eric, just um, just a couple of points there. I think what what's just resonated with you linking back before we put out to the group and get into some real some re- real detail here it's interesting in this process and just to share this with your listeners when you're listening back and, and you're hearing people share their, their stories and how they think the bits of the puzzle fit together it's funny how that can sometimes challenge your own thinking we all bring different lenses to this so can't agree more than uh, if you bring a negative mindset whether that's undermining your own self-belief self-worth or that of others it's going to lead to failure it doesn't matter what endeavor of life it's interesting, Mandy, I, I did a podcast with Sarah Taylor, the 21 times world bodybuilding champion. Uh, she didn't use the words, but in retrospect, I think that idea about being a self-reflective practitioner, I think if leaders don't have that in amongst all the other capabilities they need, you're not leading, you're doing something, but I don't think it's called leadership. And Unfortunately, I think it's the hardest thing to do uh, unless you've hit a crisis in your life or someone smacks you over the head and go, listen here, idiot, uh, be more self-reflective or, or teaches you what that looks like. It's difficult to start to engage with. So uh, some things to bring to the table here, Kevin, because you asked me what I'm thinking is I'm what I would call very early career researcher. Uh, and I'm looking at leadership as part of what I'm doing going forward. And I've got six capabilities that I think now are milling around in my head that I think are fundamental for effective leadership. Now, um, I think David and Mandy will disagree, but that's what we're here to have a conversation around. So what I think they are, are being a self-reflective practitioner, an ability to deal with and uh, engage with ambiguity. Third is communicating with influence. Fourth is authenticity. And then five and six, which are my personal favorites, is being able to think strategically and understand what foresight means. And I think that as a package of things to be thinking about for me is what is foundational to having a positive mindset. Because if you don't have a vision, you don't know how to get there, you don't know how to communicate it, you don't communicate it authentically, you don't understand that if there's hurdles, you can't deal with them. And then at the end, you don't reflect on the good, the bad and the ugly of that process. What kind of leader are you? You're you're some kind of leader. I don't know what kind, but that, that for me is the basis of the conversation that we're having. So that's my two cents worth, Kevin, for what that's worth. So I think that really fits in with, with where we are, because I think even if you look at those six and what Mandy and David have said, you know, that self-reflection, ambiguity, you know, communication authority, authenticity, think strategic foresight, you know, but that throws a lot of things at you. You know, when you're doing all those things, as we said before, you're having some great stuff come back your way. Yeah, oh, that was a really good day, good hour, good week, good month. But on that, that, even by doing those and, you know, the power of the words and you can word these things very negatively and you can word these things, you know, and go, well, we tried, but we didn't quite succeed. Or, you know, we, we often, I think we spoke before is about just changing the word from I tried but I, and I, or, or tried and failed but I, I experimented and I learned, you know, just as a change in words. And I know Mandy's very big on this and, and David would be in the pictures. This simple change of words means you start to think about things differently. Yeah, it may not have gone well, or yes, you've had a setback or you've set record profits or whatever the case may be, but it's, it's the way we word it and the way that we come through out of it is the real, for me, the mindset from a leadership point of view. David, you got your hand up. One to follow quickly through there for uh, for Eric on his six points. I, I couldn't write fast enough, but I, but I certainly picked up on number five, which was about thinking strategically. One of the things that uh, my observation certainly in and around leadership and strategies, almost management uh, for, for me. But one of the, the issues that goes with that is that if you, you haven't got a vision, strategy is is no good. You must have a direction first up. And for me, the, the key thing, I mean, I use the quote when I put my, my vision hat, you know, vision guy hat on that, um, you know, um, strategy without vision is like archery without a target. And I like to think of it very much in terms of vision is the direction and strategy is the route by which you'll decide to get to that uh, that destination. Then it cascades down to, to tactical plans and so on. But I think uh, the vision bit, and I see that coming in, someone like Simon Sinek talking more and more about that uh, and people talking about being the CVO, not the CEO. 
CEO, so we're chief vision officers. Part of the role of the leader is very much, in my um, view, to communicate, collaborate, but ultimately decide on that vision and then to continuously communicate that through pictures, through words, through any opportunity back to the organization or group that they're leading. Just as a point of clarification, and thank you, David, for the bit that's um, critical for the discussion, at least in my mind, and, and again, feel free not to agree, is that as you're looking at what your vision could be and foresight and looking at what possible futures are out there for you to engage with. When I talk about uh, strategic thinking, I'm not talking about strategic planning. When, when I talk about strategic thinking, I'm talking about how do you marshal what resources are out there? How do you look at the the world in which you're operating? And then how does that fit the discussion about how you're getting to another point? So I think at times in my experience, and this is only my experience, sometimes vision will manifest itself through a discussion on what strategy looks like, but I'm definitely not talking about strategic planning. I think there's an end to strategic planning and some people will shoot me down for saying that, but I think strategic plans now, given what we've had with companies being um, exposed, not for lack of good people, but lack of understanding that being able to pivot and understand what the marketplace is throwing at you, that a strategic plan that's written for five years right now is not probably worth the paper that it's written on. So just, just a point of clarification, but very much agree, David, that the vision bit is the meaty bit and getting to that sometimes is difficult and sometimes is easy. I, I, I think it's the, there's a spectrum there. So anyway, that, that's my contribution, Kevin. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, Mandy, I want to come to you now because I think, you know, you picked up about the power of the words and the power of how we express and, and how we deal with these things, because, you know, there's, there has been a lot of debate around the, the podcast that Eric and I have done about, you know, 10-year plans, five-year plans, three-year plans, almost going, well, even today's a plan that may not happen straight away earlier, and, and the way that we deal with that. So, so so it's just some of those key, the key takeaways and the key things, because, you know, there's a lot of good stuff coming out the past two years. There's obviously a, there's still more to come through. What are you just seeing in terms of, how businesses are beginning to shape themselves in terms of this this mindset, this language, and and putting in just some of those some of those routines and structures just to help them. It's easy to get knocked back very quickly, but what what are you seeing? What's what's some of those key messages? Starting off with a quote I love. I think it's from Marshall Goldsmith. It's not mine. What got you here isn't going to get you there. So there's several types of, of leaders that I'm or entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs, and I think I don't disagree, but on another viewpoint from, from David, they're not stuck. They actually have had great vision because they're creative and they're entrepreneurial, but Sometimes you can go down that vision without the strategy or without a plan and you get so excited that you do too much and get burnt out. Then there are other people that know that they were the missing piece before let's say COVID, and they weren't operating optimally in their life and it isn't going to get better. And then there's other people that have a business and they're a bit burnt out and know that they've got to shift things. So I guess where I come in, and I am very biased about mindset, I help them do all the stuff behind the scenes. And I quite agree, Eric, with your your, your leadership um, ingredients that you need. Yet to be authentic and to be self-reflective, we have to be open to feedback. Um, and a lot of people were not open to feedback. And in performance psychology, there's a fabulous phrase, which I use a lot in my work, focus, feedback, fix. A lot of people do not like feedback because they take it personally. So when I work with my clients, they're obviously open to feedback. And the one thing, the one area that I'm finding, because people's lives have been shifted forever, what is important to them now has changed often forever. And that means we really need now to have a look deep into their values. And I work at values at a really deep level because as you know, in the past, many corporations have their big visions on the wall and they do not live by their values. So this is getting leaders to really understand what is important to them. What do they want? And when you ask them to express what that value means, this is where it gets fascinating. We have a dissonance between what we think we know and what we know when we verbalize it. So I'm very good at pulling that out of my clients. I make them write it down. There is magic in handwriting. It activates different neural pathways. And apart from retaining and, and memory, it helps us identify patterns. So if a leader is up to all this, they can see patterns about themselves because we often tolerate our poor habits and life is about creating better habits. So going back to the question, Kevin, to help them 
Um, once we've unpacked things, I'm very, very big on morning routines because the more we routine or ritualize our life, the less energy we use in our brain. All my clients have got to move their body. They don't have to do it first thing in the morning, but that builds our energy. And we know how our day starts determines the rest of the day. I have a set of daily and weekly questions that I encourage my clients, self-reflection. It's one of the greatest habits I believe that we can embrace. And they have to be big and bold enough to have a look at, you know, what did I do well last week? Really, really important that we write our successes and we acknowledge our wins so that we don't minimize our power. I teach them some techniques on unpacking the thoughts. We have a thought every three seconds and 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Many of them are not aligned with our vision and what we actually want. So we have to manage our mind and change and rewire what we're thinking so it aligns with our vision and what we do. So I help them create habits of action and habits of thought and then daily habits on a weekly um, and a daily basis. So reflection and looking at what we did well and then what we can improve on and remembering people to be present. We have two ears and a mouth for one reason and to listen more carefully because without awareness, we can't change. So it's all around helping my clients become more aware so that they they can shift their energy so that not only do they have a positive mindset, they have that magnetic energy that I'm sure you meet yep. when you meet great leaders. Oh, great. Lots there, Mandy. And I, I want to come back to a few points in a minute. David, your chance. I just put my hand up there because there's one point that Mandy makes that is absolutely key and and critical in that and um she talked about the you know the the things like values and and visions that are um let me be a bit rude and off off the record but that you know we're a podcast um but literally what i've seen so often in life is, is groups of people who put that sort of title on themselves as boards or management teams and they rush off to hug the tree for a day and they come back with magna carta and they got this piece of paper on it and you know we're 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 this you know we're we're the world's number one we're brilliant we're we're loving caring people and as they come back into the the office the following day we probably don't do that any longer but it goes somewhere it gets typed up made into a document it gets a very nice frame and it gets stuffed on the wall behind the reception desk now these sort of concepts in life actually don't exist anymore or about to disappear so that's even becoming harder but what it says is that in a you know working from wherever world the communication of these things is going to become even more difficult i use the phrase that says words on walls are worthless because people put them there and then they leave them there they never look at them and in my view mandy will have a different opinion in my view they'll never look at them because they're not a picture so it doesn't draw you in in the same way that a picture will you can't do everything with pictures and you have to put values probably for a large extent into words and as part of one's generally as part of one's vision but we are in a world now where we do are trying more often not to communicate visually and we have to do that and include that vision and that values thing on a regular basis. We've all here been worked with organizations where there's a little pop-up thing somewhere that these are our values and values come through probably having, in my view, some sort of clarity picture, which is very hard for values because they're words, but they do come through a continual dialogue and discussion. They, they, they have to be lived by the people who've created them. And unfortunately, one day and away day with the, with the tree, painting it green doesn't always work. I, I think it's a great point you've raised there, David. Maybe so we, we may just have the last couple of minutes on this, is this positive mindset and, and, and this, this leadership. You know, we, we talked through, you know, I love the whole reflection and the, the focus feedback and, and the communicate, you know, know with, with, with authority but we are challenged at the minute with the way that we you cannot now as you say bring everyone into the te- to what the town hall meeting you know the good old town hall meetings and and come back and put up pictures and give everyone cakes and tea and dessert and, and that type of thing and to deal with it so there's a whole new challenge here and I think there's a you know, we're not going to be back in offices the way we were before, you know, if they open, we're, we're not going to be out of spec. And I think that's become one of the challenges that we've seen at a management level and a leadership level is the old way of doing something, as you said, Amanda, isn't the way you're going to do it now. So leaders, when, when they're putting over their, their positive mindset and they're, they're helping their organization go forward, have to now think of multi-different channels and I think it's testing the whole consistency bit because it isn't just a piece of paper on a wall now it's what you said it's what you saw 
you know, it's what, it's what you've read, everything else. And I think, you know, a lot of leaders will be struggling with this now because it, it, it's, it's a whole number of different channels and being quite robust around the way that we as a leader, the way our leadership teams do this, and then how we go through is really part of the next level that we've, that if we're not careful, we can go in with this mindset and we get all the right things in place. But, you know, the new way going forward or is, it's going to be a lot more challenging. There's going to be a lot more different things. There's going to be a lot more stops and starts, but it's how we come out of that and go, well, that may be the case. You know, you talk about archery and targets, you let a talk around sailing boats, you know, and having to chart because of different different storms or the way the boats go. Mandy, with your we you know with your athlete about, you know, going out to train, but the rain hits for four days and what impact they're gonna have. It's our ability as a leader to be still in that positive mindset and say, okay, we are, you know, almost we are where we are. What can we do about it? I and mean, how do we stay on our pathway? How do we stay on what our ultimate goal is? You know, with Ricky, it was, you know, New Zealand for the World Cup and and creating that whole vision. So I think, you know, we are coming to that point where, you know, we know things are going to be thrown at us. We know things and we know in reality that not every day is a good day, but our ability for us in ourselves to remain positive, then work with our teams and then work obviously with hopefully our teams start to do this. It, It creates everyone in that Because I'm sure, Mandy, is there some research around about um, having this positive mindset, what it has on terms of productivity or quality? Is there some stats? David or or Mandy, any stats you can share what what impact this has? Quite a lot. But one of the stats, um, to have a positive mindset, you've got to have you know, a curious mindset, which is something I mentioned earlier. And Harvard have done a study. It's in one of my recent blogs. Sorry, I haven't got the specifics. But Harvard did a study when they actually interviewed people at work. And they said, you know, how did how was your day when it was curious? So they did something with a bit of curiosity. And ultimately, they found out that um, I think productivity increased by 20% and people's sense of meaning, which is one of the, you know, components of well-being. And levels of satisfaction increased by about 20%. So there's that research. And obviously, the growth mindset, um, which really is mindset for success, but it's all been researched and and documented, also shows that people that are curious and learn and grow are way more successful in the future, earn more money, etc, etc. So there are scientific reasons to be positive, but it's important that leaders understand what is behind positive mindset. We must be careful of not just using, you know, people have oh, a happy, clappy picture and we've got to think positive because if you've got positive, unpositive thoughts behind, you've got to clean them out too. Great point. David, any stats around your, we know the work you're doing as the vision guy? No, I haven't got that statistical uh, evidence at all. I think Mandy's um, done the deeper research in that space. Oh, most of my research has all been around pictures versus words on walls. Um, yeah. And certainly the, all the evidence suggests that our brains, the data that our brain absorbs has a real real complete bias to pictures. It's called the picture superiority effect. And um, our brains just love soaking up pictures. Uh, words are, are pictures. Um, the, the communication normally through them is is through is the oral method, but um, they are still pictures. The only trouble is the brain has to convert the words we hear into pictures inside our brain to, to unscramble them. Yep. So uh, normally most of the data says if you have a presentation that say the good old classic PowerPoint, lots of words or whatever, if you can condense that down and do it in a picture format the propensity to remember that goes up by about a factor six and a half okay well we're uh, coming to the the end of this i think really interesting sessions you say eric there's a whole bunch of stuff that could come out of this into into and links back to, to what we're doing so i'm going to ask you eric just to to summarize some key things for you but we do the same with um with david and mandy as well so when i come to you just um just, just some two to three key points for the listeners here on about positive mindset and impact on, on leadership. And Eric, I know you've been doing a lot of uh, leadership podcasts, so really keen just to get your perspective 
given and summary here from what you've done and what you've learned from today? Based on the discussion so far, and yeah, if you're asking me to draw on what previous podcast guests have said, because one of the questions I ask, and, and Mandy, you'll be on my podcast at some stage, I hope, um, but I've, I've spoken to David and Kevin in their own writers in their own leadership journeys, and I asked the question, if if you had a chance to speak to a younger version of yourself, what would you say about being a more, a more effective leader? And a lot of the feedback that I've been getting back is just uh, be prepared to take a risk and give it a go. Go in with a with a, a mindset that uh, it could fail, but at least you'll give that a shot. Now, the the entrepreneurs that I've spoken to, that's kind of built in their DNA, so it's not something that they initially go to. But for some leaders I've spoken to, yeah, they wish they could have been more risk taking when they were younger. But what they don't share, and I think it's part of uh, coming up in the world, is were they given a chance to take a risk when they were on the come up, and that that that's a product of your environment as well, because if you're new to a job or new to an, an industry, maybe you don't feel that you can take a risk. And that is reflective of the leadership that's there. Because if you're not given the space to to make a few mistakes, then when will you make them? And unfortunately, uh, unlike David and Mandy, who, who've gone out on their own to do things, some of, our, some of us in leadership roles don't want to work for ourselves. We want to work for someone else. Probably my second point here is that, and I'm going to go away and do some more research because like I said before, I'm an inquisitive fellow. So I'm going to go away and do a bit more reading on what constitutes good reflective practice, because I know that there are models in the 80s and early 90s that talk about a cycle of reflection. I had assumed when you talk about a reflective practitioner that you do seek feedback because I seek feedback all the time. I don't like doing it because I know I'm going to hear some stuff that is going to make me not happy but that's kind of the whole point that you only learn from being able to take a few a few punches now and then so that that would be my takeaway thank you for organizing today kevin this has been great and definitely going to reach out to you mandy for a one-on-one podcast so um over to you Matt. yeah no thank you and I, I thought that might be the case so so david what's a couple of key points just to share from the podcast yeah i mean i think these podcasts are just absolutely awesome the quality of uh, of input and discussion is is extremely extremely high um so thank you kevin eric and, and mandy for the discussion and um ricky already departed there look for me again it's just a good opportunity to reflect on the, the many complexities and competencies required from a leader and also from a perspective of recognizing that we're human beings and mandy wrote in the notes as we were going through this uh, discussion yeah look it's complex and we're human beings and we're a long way short of perfect and always will be and uh, you know i think sometimes we we have to be very careful in that we we, we judge we continue to increasingly judge people for we, we try to find out what their faults are and we, we need to reflect also on you know what a lot of leaders do extremely well and one of the things i always learned from leadership is that uh, you you look to find people's strengths not their weaknesses if you lift you know little ships lift on the tide in the harbor as it comes up so it's uh, you got to work on those strengths and it'll come with it and the other thing there that you know eric's prompted as well also is you know guys you got to move forward um, um, Mandy will teach us to shoot the parrot on the on the left shoulder that's squawking naughty self thoughts into our into our left ear about what we can and can't do and where our limitations are. Now shoot the parrot, get up there and move forward because you'll learn more in the process of moving forward. Be it independently, be it in an organisation. Yeah, and the, the direct comment to anybody listening will be, um, you know, therefore stop the critique, go and have a go, do it nicely, but go and have a go. Yeah, thank you, David and Mandy. Cool, lots there. Um, I guess my words and I love asking your younger self. I do that quite often. I love that one. But I think it's important, believe in yourself and give it a go. It's better to give it a go and then never do anything. However, when you give it a go and you fall down, learn from it so you can pick yourself up learn and make things a bit better. Find a mentor. As humans, we cannot see ourselves through the same lens as other people. Find a mentor who can teach you the rules of the mind and how to navigate your hard wiring. Otherwise, you will never achieve the things you want. Be proud of yourself. Keep believing in yourself. Do your best to not take things personally, which is always challenging. And Step out of yourself sometimes and look at your context. We all need businesses. We all need to be leaders, but there's another part of life. Make sure you look at the other part of life and you bring that into the equation as well. And lastly, because I'm, I'm quite a serious person, so I'm always telling myself, don't take yourself too seriously and have a bit of fun. <laughs> 
Some great points there, Mandy. Now, I think it really does uh, share up with where Ricky took us right from the very beginning and and yourselves through the whole session. There's some some great insights there. And I think, you know, for me, having gone on this journey, Eric, and I, I really appreciate what a fantastic journey it is as we have these discussions. You know, the power of the words, as Mandy has said, the re- whole reflection. And, and like I say, don't be too hard on yourself. Learn. It is really, really important. And especially when you're dealing with others. So I do like the be kinder element that you picked up. I think we have to appreciate people. And um, I think there's a lot more awareness now of what people do and how they work inside work and outside work with this connected to families and communities that's come over the last couple of years. The curiosity, I think, is something I need to go and get my head around a bit more, but I know what you mean there. And this growth, which leads to that positive mindset. And I think it's about, you know, taking all of those things, creating that understanding, be humble enough to know that you don't know it all, especially within the business. And then how do you engage with your business with words, with pictures, with images, and just keep having those conversations. And I think, you know, give it a go, but it's about experimenting and learning and you use your team to keep you on track. So there's, there's, I've got a whole three, four pages of notes, which I, I will share with everybody. Can I just thank everybody today, especially Ricky Herbert over in New Zealand, who was, um, took some time out with us during some of his coaching academies has presented on the Best Practice Network before and is always willing to give time and is always so positive and does a lot of work with youth um, over in New Zealand as well. David, thank you very much. It's always a pleasure. Hoping you're you're going to get back to France pretty soon in all that blue sky. But um, as you know, you're always welcome, David, to, to join us on these podcasts. Thank you. And Mandy, it's great to have you. Uh, well, uh, obviously, we usually see each other on park runs, been trying to be positive on a Saturday morning as we try and do our 5K. Great to have you on board. I'm sure Eric will be in touch. Thank you very much, Mandy. Pleasure. Love to um, be, be on another one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Eric, I think that's some great insights we've had there. And um, like you say, some topics I think we can start to pull together into some future podcasts. So any last thoughts from you, Eric, before I close it down? Uh, just to say thank you to Mandy, to Ricky, who's now left us, I mean, the podcast, and uh, to, to David Stannard. Thanks, David. Um, and thank you for the podcast last week. So, uh, and to you too, Kevin. So, yeah, happy to, to keep talking about this. And there's definitely some uh, fertile ground here to have some more discussions and maybe challenge some uh, thinking. Maybe we can get someone to throw a few hand grenades at our guests and ourselves to uh, keep us on our toes. And um, that's the whole point of having the discussion is, is to um, ask some questions. So, yeah, thanks, yeah. mate. Well, I, I think over the last couple of days, the term I've been hearing is called a rain bomb. So um, in terms of what the weather has been like, so maybe we need some more rain bombs to come through and, and spatter it up. But again, can I thank everybody for joining us on this Best Practice Network Talking Leadership podcast as part of our leadership series. Come and join us. Go and look on YouTube. Go and look on the Eric's Talking Leadership page and the Best Practice Network page. And we look forward to seeing you and listening to uh, future podcasts. Thanks very much, everybody, and have a great week.